Hello, everyone. Hey, how's it going? Very good. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And you're on, but I don't want to be a secondary character. A Seinfeld podcast about the minor and secondary characters of, well, my favourite show anyway, Seinfeld. And uh, we've been doing this for a few months now, probably five, maybe six, Stephen. And uh, this is our 25th episode overall, season two, episode seven. Yeah, uh, we've been doing it for five and a half months, if my memory serves me correctly. Yes. And uh, we took a bit of a break in June uh, and July. So, yeah, this is uh, our second season and uh, 25th episode overall, as you said. 25 feels like a bit of a milestone. It sure does. It's like, you know, quarter century, you know, the quarter life crisis we're having, you know, with all the different episodes we're doing. We're probably... You're probably at an existential crisis, thinking, "Geez, what can we do next? We've done so many episodes so far, and uh, what what else can we do?" You know what? Though I was having an existential crisis, and then I started talking about Seinfeld every week with you. Yeah. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's just carrying on as normal. I found my purpose. Oh, you did. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've given, you, you've given me purpose. Oh, you've given me purpose too. <laughs> oh. oh, something to look forward to once a week. That's it. Yeah, without without this, my life is nothing. No, and you probably <laughs> <laughs> mine too. <laughs> I'm an empty vessel. Yeah, empty vessel with nothing, nothing filled, nope. nothing to fill the nope. void. No will to live. Oh no, I don't. Oh, no, Except don't for this. Yeah. Anyway, call Lifeline one three one one six six, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> It's dark, dark, dark path. Exactly. Um, and in case you're wondering, especially if you're on the Australian East Coast, you're probably thinking, guys, it's 2 p.m. Wednesday. It just passed. Why isn't the latest episode up? Well, we do apologise. We are a bit late. We are recording this on Thursday night, and uh, we're going to put this up as soon as possible. So we, we do yeah, apologise. Yeah, normally we record on the Monday night for release on Wednesday, but a few hiccups happened this week. Yes. Uh, yeah, mostly to do with me, and I apologise, but we're here now, and that's the main thing. That's so why don't we get to it? Uh, we sure will. Uh, we're doing this week, What's the Deal With? And it's going to be about a very minor character, one who's appeared in about three episodes of Seinfeld, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, four. Four, yes, that's right. The Caddy, The Bottle Deposit Part 1, The Abstinence, and The Betrayal. We're talking about Sue Ellen Mischke, played by Brenda Strong. Yeah, The Brawler's Wonder. The Brawler's Wonder, because it is a 25th episode, and if it's a multiple of five, we do a What's the Deal With episode. So we just focus on one character. So a secondary who's appeared in more than one episode, and we just talk about them, and we give, uh, before that, we do give a bit of a background about the actor or actress themselves and uh, tell you a bit about their careers and what they've been up to. Yeah, and uh, I really liked researching this episode. I, I grew to like Brenda Strong, the actress. Me too. And the character, and the character quite a lot. Yes. I didn't realize how much she was in uh, yeah. until I until we, we did this episode. So it'll be really fun to talk about. Yes, the braless wonder, the O. Henry candy bar heiress. <laughs> it is Sue Ellen Mischke. Yeah. So we're looking yeah. forward to it. But, Stephen, let's get straight into Seinfeld news. And, uh, oh, we, oh, oh, sorry, one thing. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to do a bit of housekeeping. Yes. Uh, last week, uh, when at the end of the episode, um, uh, I mentioned that Sue Ellen Mischke was in the finale, yes. the final Seinfeld episode, yes. which is actually incorrect. Uh, my brain mistook her for Sidra, who is played by Terry Hatcher. Yes. And she appears in two episodes, the, the finale and the, I can't remember the episode that she's in, the, the main episode. The main, um, oh, Terry Hatcher. She, yeah. Yeah, oh, I think it's. I forgot the name of it, but I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's the yeah. one where Jerry's trying to find out via Elaine whether uh, her breasts are fake or not. And then Elaine accidentally trips over them and lands on the breasts Acc- in the sauce. Accidentally, on, yeah, accidentally, accidentally, on. accidentally, quote unquote. Yes, accidentally. Yeah, on accidentally. On. 
I think the term is ac- yeah, accidentally on purpose. That's it. That's no, it. And in the end, when she figures out what Jerry's up to uh, before she storms out, she says, they're real and they're unbelievable. No, they're spectacular. They're spectacular. <laughs> Another <Yeah>. housekeeping. <laughs> Some more housekeeping, Shit. Stephen. That's all good. No, they're that's, real that's and they're spectacular. That's all right. Yep. And this is, this is kind of housekeeping, but um, after a few weeks ago, we did the Pony Remark, a season two episode. Yeah. And my friend, Michael, who listens to the show, he his grandmother's actually Polish, which oh, I forgot about. Right. I knew about it. And he actually sent me a message on Facebook and uh, in that episode, we talked about uh, Polish food, what they're eating at the uh, at the dinner party where oh, Jerry makes the only remark. That's right, the peas, um, the peas. Yeah, and yeah. I think we mentioned potato salad. And apparently in Poland, uh, well, sort of old world Poland, uh, potato salads are everything. And every every Polish grandma yeah. has their own recipe. Yeah. And Michael's, Michael's sister, Nikki, actually uh, inherited her potato salad recipe from from their grandma. Nice. So he just wanted to he just wanted to, to tell me that because he's he's part Polish. Oh, I thought it was interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So so people they put on a different spin on their potato salads. Yeah, I think it's fundamentally the same. It's just you know like a creamy sauce, potato and spring onion. But yeah, everyone's got their own own version of it. Nice. Well, I'm looking forward to tasting some Polish potato salad. And if you want to send us in some, uh, <laughs> send us a private message. You can email us bidwabaskpodcast at gmail dot com or follow us on socials at bidwabask b i d w b a s c. Now, don't mail a potato salad ideally. Uh, but maybe if you're in the Melbourne area, we'll come see you and, uh, yeah, sample some. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Let's do it. We'll talk about it. We'll plug, we'll plug your potato salad on the podcast. And that's not a euphemism. <laughs> yeah. Now, Stephen's got a few articles today on Seinfeld News, so I reckon let's just get straight into it, yeah? Sounds good. All right, Seinfeld News. So to start off Seinfeld news this week, uh, Mashable, which are a, sort of a tech culture website, uh, spent a couple of minutes unboxing a really cool set replica uh, of Jerry's apartment. You actually sent me a link to this, Ivan. Yes, I did. Uh, yes. Yeah, it was really cool to watch. So uh, it, it's basically, well, it is what what the name suggests. It's a it's a replica uh, of of uh, Jerry's Jerry's apartment, and the detail is amazing. If you go to SeinfeldSetReplica.com. You can buy them. They're actually five hundred bucks US. Five hundred dollar redos. Nine hundred dollar redos. Tobias. <laughs> Tobias. My <laughs> <laughs> um, man was from America. Or something like that. <laughs> he was from the drainage commission. He, he was from the drainage commission. He was. Oi, prime minister. Yeah, what yeah. do you want, mate? <laughs> I've got to to make. And I love how he's in like in the lake in like the yeah. inflatable. He's in, a, he's, in a, he's in a black rubber tie drinking a Foster's. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's good. This is the prime minister. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. perfect. <laughs> love it. Sorry, just to just to continue on the the Simpsons tangent, which is pretty normal for yeah, us actually. Of course. Um, when uh, when the bullfrogs are invading the shop. Yeah. And uh, and Marge goes, yeah, we have them in America. We call them bullfrogs. And then the Australian version of the pimply, uh, the pimply teenager yeah, yeah. says, says, what? That's a funny name. I would have called them Chazwazers. Chazwazers. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Chaz-wazers. a knife. This is a knife. That's a spoon. A oh, I see you played knife, knife and spoony before. Spoony. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice one. Anyway, <laughs> anyway yeah, so, so Mashable, yes, so they, they did yeah, the unboxing. So there's, a, there's a two or three minute video yeah. uh, of people from Mashable just unboxing this set and having a bit of a play around with it. 
and the detail is phenomenal. So uh, you've got the whole apartment set. So you've got the kitchen, the lounge room, uh, the door, like the front door where Kramer bursts in. That's it. Uh, the bookcase off to the side near his computer. Um, the, and even like the little sort of the, the doorway to his bedroom. Yeah. And they just they just sort of unpack it and show you what, what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really cool. If I had if I had six or $700 Australian spare, I'd probably think about buying one. Sponsors, hello. We'd love to have one in the yeah. studio. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsors. Send us one. Yeah, that's right. Send us one. Send. I think we should put subliminal messages throughout the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> send us a replica. Please send us money. <laughs> you, know, you know, like in The Simpsons, how they do those really fast, those quick disclaimers. It's like, big yeah, interest yeah, in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> product actually be what it is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, so the, the new chocolate bar may not contain chocolate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the second bit of news is actually a follow-up. Uh, it's the third follow-up uh, to an ongoing story, um, which has been covered pretty substantially by the media. So earlier in the year, a fake architect who went by the pseudonym Newman. Yes, Paul Newman. Um, yeah, Paul Newman. Uh, so quite fitting. Uh, he was uh, convicted of fraud um, after a, a, a New York, uh, I think they were a New York police sting. Yeah. Uh, the operation was Vandalay Industries, and it, basically it was an investigation to, um, to convict him of fraud because he was posing as an architect and doing fake architecture work for That's clients. Right. He wasn't licensed. So he was actually sentenced through the week. Um, he received two and a third to seven years prison. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, he has to pay uh, $115,000 US in restitution to his, uh, to his victims. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, most most of the crimes he committed were from 2010 to 2016 in a couple of different parts of New York State, um, and he victimized businesses as well as municipalities. So yeah. Well, he got what he deserved. Exactly, he did. Um, and the third bit, actually, it's kind of Seinfeldy. Um, it's actually related to to last week's episode, funnily enough, our namesake, which was uh, the puppy shirt. That's it. So Olivia Palermo, and I'd never heard of her uh, before this before this article. Um, she's a socialite. She's an American socialite. Um, so she's always out and about in New York being being a socialite. Yeah. She, uh, as part of New York Fashion Week, which I think uh, was in the last week or two, she wore uh, a puffy shirt to uh, a designer's show. The designer's name is Jonathan uh, Simkai. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Okay. Again, I'd never heard of him. Uh, I realized how uncool and unhip I was. <laughs> when I, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, that v- Donatella Visuche. Yeah, I love Donatello. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is awesome. He was actually my favorite. He was yeah. the inventor. He was a smart guy. Yeah, that Ralph um, Ralph Lauren guy. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. really cool. <laughs> Ralph Lawrence. I love Ralph Lawrence. I love he's Ralph awesome. Lawrence. <laughs> I love Super <laughs> Nintendo Charmers. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah, and uh, if you if you just go to Google and type in Olivia Palermo, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, or something like that, the puffy shirt that she actually wore to this fashion show is nearly identical uh, in design, not so much in color and fabric, but in design to to Jerry's shirt that he wore, or I should say Kramer's girlfriend's shirt that he wore to uh, on that episode. Cool. So that's it for Seinfeld News this week. Ah, nice and short. That's it. Yeah, excellent. So, oh, actually, one one thing about the the Seinfeld unboxing, you know, the 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 diorama the kind of thing, the set, you actually get yep. a piece of the original door from the actual set of Seinfeld. That's right. You do. Yeah, yeah you forgot to mention that. I thought, oh, oh no, he's going to do more housekeeping next week, and I'll say, oh, I forgot to mention that. Sorry. 
I'm deliberately making mistakes just to make housekeeping more of a thing. Yeah, that's right. I love this this Simpsons podcast we're doing. It's it's just so yeah, good. yeah. It'll we'll 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 be releasing like a second episode every week just of housekeeping of housekeeping exactly <laughs> the housekeeping podcast. <laughs> It'll just be um, us us correcting our mistakes. Yeah. So what do you do? I'm a podcaster. I have a podcast about. Just mistakes I make yeah. on my podcast. What the fuck? Maybe maybe we could set up like a Patreon page and we'll have it as like bonus <laughs> content for paid subscribers. <laughs> just have like a special, like with each episode, we just release like a housekeeping annex, you know, like an extra episode. You know, like we did when but, we interviewed Matt McCoy, you know, we did the Lloyd Braun episode and then we threw the interview in as well. Still like like a, like an extra, you know? Yeah. I like the idea of extra content via subscription, but you know what I reckon a better idea is? What's that? Just not. Just not me making so many mistakes. Yeah, just trying to polish, <laughs> polish ourselves and make sure we do it right. Yeah, being a bit more professional. Yeah. Anyway, why don't we take a break and then uh, after that we'll talk about Brenda Strong and Sue and Mishki. Yes, because it is a What's the Deal with special edition episode. It is episode 25 overall of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. So stay with us. Oh, great. It's the brawless wonder. Who does she think she's kidding? Look at her. She's totally out of control. I was thinking that woman looks like Elaine Bennett. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been up to? Just been hanging out. I think. Oh, listen. I'm having a birthday party tomorrow evening. I'd love it if you came by. Oh, tomorrow. I don't know if I can. No? Yeah, I'm just really, really busy. Oh, that's yeah. too bad. Yeah. Well, I hope you can get me a gift anyway. And welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast about the secondary and minor characters of our much-beloved show, Seinfeld. And you're with Stephen. And I'm Ivan. Hello, hello, hello. And today we're talking about Sue Ellen Mishki. It's our fifth ever What's the Deal With episode. Uh, every fifth episode of uh, our podcast, we talk about a major secondary character, one who would appear in one or two or more episodes. Yes. Uh, and is deserving of their own episode uh, on their own. Uh, and as I said, today we're talking about Sue Ellen Mishki, uh, played by the wonderful Brenda Strong. She's a wonderful and woman, isn't she? Like outside she's, of TV and film. Yeah. She's awesome. She's yeah. just so, just, I don't know, like enchanting or something. Yeah, I know. Magnetic. She's, she's, yeah, she's what, fantastic. She is. I watched some interviews with her and stuff, and I was just gripped. It was yeah. yeah she's she's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess while we're speaking of her, maybe we should talk about the actress herself. Yes, Brenda Strong. So she was born on March twenty fifth, nineteen sixty, in Portland, Oregon, the USA. She's six feet tall, or one point eight three meters. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's quite statuesque. Yes, yes. She's mostly known for her uh, portrayal of Mary Alice Young on Desperate Housewives. I don't never watched the show, but I had no idea. Um, I had no idea she was in Desperate Housewives, actually. Yeah, neither. And apparently she does some voiceover work in the show as well. Yeah, she does. I, I was always aware of it, but I never watched it. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know much. The only thing I remember is that Terry Hatcher was in it. <laughs> so yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, and, that, and she was real and spectacular, wasn't she? Spectacular, wasn't yes. it? Yeah. Ha, 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 ha. You're very funny. I know. And she actually, um, Brenda was actually nominated twice for her role uh, on Desperate Housewives uh, for an Emmy. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, I'm looking at her filmography here, and I didn't realize, but I remember now, she was actually in the first Starship Troopers film. She sure was, and the second one, too. Oh, really? I never saw the second one. Oh, I think it was one of those direct-to-DVD ones. I don't know if it made the cinema. Yeah. Right. So she she actually plays two different characters in the films. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So, in in Starship Troopers, um, she plays Captain Deladia, and then in Starship Troopers Two, she plays Sergeant Dee Dee Rake. 
Yeah, right. Weird, huh? Yeah, that's some that's some bad casting. Yeah. That's oh, like well. that's like uh, the, uh, Chris Evans who plays Captain America and the Human Torch. I know, right? He plays two completely different superheroes. That's why they had to reboot Fantastic Four, I suppose. Oh, that that was even worse than the originals, and they were pretty bad. Yeah, I never watched it, but uh, no, I don't. Uh, I don't, don't want to go anywhere near it. It's yeah, it's terrible. Jesse Eisenberg as as Mr. Fantastic. Oh, get fucked. It's horrible. <laughs> it doesn't just doesn't work. You know what's not horrible? What? Brenda Strong. No, she's wonderful. And she's actually in four episodes of Twin Peaks, one of my favorite ever shows. So uh, she, okay. in the original series in season two, she plays Jones. I remember that okay. very well. Yeah. No, because it's funny because I, I remember like seeing, you know, watching episodes with Sue Ellen in it. And I was like, oh, shit, she's in Twin Peaks. I forgot about that. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I haven't seen Twin Peaks for a very, very long time. So I don't really remember much about it. Yeah, that's OK. Yes, yeah. it's very different. Yeah. And as you said, after uh, well, she was born in Portland in Oregon and yeah. uh, after after I guess high school she uh, moved to Arizona to attend college yes she graduated from Arizona State University uh, with a Bachelor of Music as if she couldn't be any more wonderful I know, she's, right? a, she's musically talented <laughs> Jesus um, <laughs> And uh, she was also crowned Miss Arizona in 1980. Yeah, that's right. And she was actually a contestant. So she so she was actually Miss Arizona, but she contested for uh, Miss America, I believe, for the following year in 1981. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. She, so, so she was Miss Arizona 1980 in the 1981 Miss America pageant. Yeah, right. Did yeah. she place the Miss America pageant? Or? I don't know where she where, how far she went. I, I didn't okay. get that information, unfortunately. It doesn't really matter. She's, no. Yeah, she should have won just by default. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, and... Uh, uh, obviously, she's most well known for actress, but seemingly sort of in her forties and now early fifties, yeah. she's now a certified yoga instructor, and she's considered an expert on uh, fertility in That's, women and that, women's yes. health, women's health in general. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, she's actually produced and starred in a, a series of yoga therapy videos uh, targeted towards women and couples trying to conceive. Yeah, and she's actually uh, done some teaching and lecturing at UCLA as well. Yeah, yeah, quite yeah. incredible. So, huh? At the Mind yeah. the Mind Body Institute uh, in UCLA right. and Newport Beach. Yeah. yeah, so you know some people who just are good at everything, they're kind of annoying. It's just like, sit down, <laughs> shut up. Yeah, just stop, like, stop making me feel bad. You've done everything too much. Everything that you put out, I'm like, good on you. Like, yeah. I don't know, she's, it's not annoying for some reason. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, um, she's been married, uh, well, sorry, she originally got married in July 1989 to a guy named Tom Henry. Yep. Don't know anything about him. Nah. They have a child by the name of Zachary Henry. Yep. She divorced uh, Tom in 2011. Yep. Um, and then in May 2015, she married her second husband, director, actor, uh, John Farmanish. Farmanish, Farmanish Bocca, that's it, yeah. And she yeah. recently, yeah, that's an interesting name. Bocca actually means mouth in Italian, so he's right. uh, Mr. Mr. Farmanish Mouth. Okay. <laughs> Go figure. Farmanish Mouth. Farmanish Mouth. <laughs> That's I'm sure Farmanesh. I'm sure you could translate Farmanesh to something. Yeah, Farmanesh. I don't think that's Italian. <laughs> okay. If you add an A to it, Farmanesh. Farmanesh. I think it work. Uh, and do, <laughs> do you know, Stephen, do you know that Brenda also produced a short film called I Did Not Forget You, which has won several awards on the festival circuit? It was actually about me. Yeah. She didn't forget me. So uh, it's very honoured when she told me. Well, at least someone doesn't forget you. That's all right. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> you and you and Brenda, are my only the only people who know I exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's, who's that Stephen guy? I 
guy who is. Uh, better check in with that jerk, Stephen. Yeah. Uh. Hey, the jerk store called. They're running at you. Oh, the jerk store called. I run it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the sole proprietor. I own it. Yes. I'm the owner. Yeah, that's, that's it. I'm a, I'm a small business owner. That's it. So she's had many. She's had many other roles. Lots of lots of films. Uh, too many to mention, actually. But mostly in television. She's been in MacGyver, Cheers. In you know as guests guest roles. Matlock. Uh, yeah, like Twin Peaks, like I said before, Murphy Brown, ER, Third Rock from the Sun, Seinfeld, of course, heaps. Yeah, she even she even sort of lowered herself to uh, daytime soap opera acting, and she appeared uh, a few times in Dallas between Dallas. 20, 2014. There you, oh, yeah, the reboot. Yes, yeah, so the shitty reboot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so overall, a pretty wonderful human being. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if she's uh, the heiress to a candy bar fortune in real life. <laughs> yeah, not not her, Henry. <laughs> no, yeah. not a Henry. They should call it O Brenda. O Brenda. Oh, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. that could that could work. Yeah. So you know, continuing the streak of wonderful, she, she yeah, she played Sue Ellen Mishki on the show, and she did a phenomenal job. I think. Yeah, um, no, she was really good considering she was in four episodes. She uh, she did a bang up job. Yeah, every second of of all of her scenes, I thought were were just wonderful. Really good. Yeah, an excellent guest appearance. For sure. Yeah. Um, I actually found a quote. Um, well, not a quote. It's like a, a, a segment of an interview that she did uh, a little while ago, and it was sort of her take or her impression uh, of, of the character as well as her experience on Seinfeld. So I just wanted to read a bit of that. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, so she said, Obviously, Jerry had a long line of girlfriends on Seinfeld, and I didn't want to be one of Jerry's girlfriends, uh, as those are generally a one-off. So I think that sort of is a testament to her character. She's a very strong woman, yeah. and she didn't want to be one of... Even though she didn't know Jerry, she just didn't want to be, you know... A sort of a, you know used up by him. Yeah, um, exactly. She wanted to be you know be on her own, as in do her own thing and and be independent. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think she just operates on a much higher level socially and economically than than the core four. So she probably looks down on them. Really, she's very um, strong. Mic drop. Definitely. I, I'm done. Good night, yeah. guys. See you later. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. No, uh, okay. I'll, yeah. <laughs> Stephen, you're on actually, your own. <laughs> uh, that was actually pretty. Good. Yeah. Yeah. My my disdain is actually just jealousy because I didn't come up with such a good pun. Oh, that's okay. You'll you'll get there. Have have a candy bar and uh, you'll be fine. Oh, Ivan. <laughs> <laughs> so you did it. Now drop your mic. Mic drop. Yeah. Back in the game. Back, back in the game. Back in the game. So yeah. So Brenda actually said that's why she loved um, the character because she said uh, when the writers came up with Sue Ellen. Uh, you know, she liked the idea of being, um, you know, yeah, not just sort of a, 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 a girlfriend of Jerry's that he's gone after one or two episodes. Yeah. And she liked the idea of being Elaine's rival because Elaine's a pretty strong character as well. She's smart. She's successful. Exactly. She doesn't take any shit. No. She's, you know, like comfortable in her own skin and extroverted. So the fact that there's a character who sort of makes Elaine feel insecure yes. and jealous yeah, that, that that would be a pretty attractive role, I think, for any actress and or she, actor. Yeah, and, and she also literally towers over Elaine. She's like a whole exactly, foot taller yeah. than her, <laughs> half a foot or something. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I, I I don't know if it was a coincidence or whether it was deliberate, but Elaine's the the top of Elaine's head actually comes up to uh, Sue Ellen's breasts, yeah, which exactly. sort of yeah. emphasizes the power that she has over her <laughs> in, <laughs> yeah. in the caddy. Yes, that's right. Yeah, which we'll do yeah. we'll do the caddy one day in the future. Yeah, mm. and uh, funnily enough, uh, in that same uh, interview, uh, Brenda actually said, and it kind of lines up with my housekeeping before. Um, she said people always assume Sue Ellen was in the final episode, but she wasn't. 
good. Mm. Only the characters that have been wronged by Jerry, Elaine, George, and Kramer, and only they came back for the finale. But Sue Ellen was never a victim. She was always the perpetrator. She became the parallel to the O.J. Simpson trial. Yes, that's so right. Yeah, so there was this kind of meta moment where life and art reflect each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and she also said, uh, which I think is pretty funny, that uh, she's walked down the street and a couple of times people, uh, you know, she's experienced people yelling out of her car, uh, yelling Sue Ellen. Um, and uh, she said that she's even have she's even had firemen ask me to sign bras for their wives. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a bit. I think that's a bit, a bit creepy. That is a bit creepy, but oh well. At least she's got her fans. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess. I guess when you're mostly well known, well, not mostly, but when you're very well known for, uh, you know, playing a character who doesn't wear a bra, it's only natural that that's going to happen. Yeah, that's it. It should happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I think it's agreed upon that you and I both love Brenda Strong. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Brenda Strong's fantastic. But we'll talk about straight after this break. We'll talk about Sue Ellen Mischke and uh, give her a bit of background and and what you could do each week, a bit of a hypothetical about uh, a character or characters. Sounds good. All right, we'll be back. You're listening to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. That's it! The wedding's off! What? What? Sue Ellen? Elaine, you were my maid of honour and you slept with my pinter? No, 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 it was years ago before you met him. And, and i got to tell you, it was very mechanical. <laughs> I've never been so humiliated. Idiot! This is all your fault! Me? Him? His fault! He betrayed me! George, I'm sorry! Oh, you can stuff your sorries in a sack, mister! You're on, but I don't want to be a secondary character for our 25th ever episode. My name's Ivan, and I'm with my buddy Stephen tonight. Hey, how's it going? Hey, I'm alright. And this week, it is a What's the Deal with episode, so we're not doing a normal Seinfeld episode, but we're doing a special episode for a special character, like we do every fifth episode of this podcast. If you have a character that you'd like us to do for What's the Deal with, uh, get in touch with us at Bidwabask on Facebook, Twitter and Insta. And you can also email us Podcast. that's one word, at gmail.com. Yeah, that's right. And uh, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, uh, on Stitcher, uh, anywhere that you get uh, podcasts. Yeah. And uh, if you want to leave us a review on iTunes, that'd be awesome. That'd be fantastic. We're also on Pocket Casts, uh, OK, HTTP, I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> We're on yeah. so many, there's so many. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I mentioned a week or two ago that I, I tried out every single podcast app and service that I could uh, could find yeah. and that I knew about, and we came up on everything. So yep. just uh, just type in Seinfeld or secondary character on your podcast machine, yep. and uh, we will no doubt come up. You can even, in, even especially in iTunes, you can do Bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, type that in, we come up. Yep, that's it. That's easier too. So, yep, so get in touch. Maybe we should uh, talk about some Sue Ellen Mishki. Yeah, Sue Ellen Mishki. So she is Elaine's nemesis, whom she calls the braless wonder. Uh, Sue Ellen is the heiress to the O. Henry Candy Bar fortune and has known Elaine since they attended high school together in Maryland, uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, Sue Ellen is portrayed, as we mentioned earlier, by Brenda Strong. So in the caddy, Elaine is so incensed that Sue Ellen doesn't wear a bra that she gives her a bra as a gift, which Sue Ellen then promptly wears as a top. This causes Kramer to crash George's car when he and Jerry see her walking in her bra down the street. Kramer calls upon Jackie Charles to help Sue, and despite the suit, Jerry falls for her when she comes to his apartment. The courtroom scene that follows is a broad and obvious allusion to the O.J. Simpson trial, which ends when she tries the bra on, a.k.a. glove, which does not fit. (laughs) No. And the O.J. Simpson trial, I guess, even... I guess it was such a big thing, the O.J. Simpson trial, so it was quite appropriate to uh, have a reference on the show. Yeah, it definitely dated dated the show. The the reference was very specific to the mid nineties when the O. J. Simpson trial was just 
probably the biggest thing or one of the biggest things going on culturally at yeah. the time, especially yeah. in America. Especially in America, indeed. Yeah, everyone everyone will never forget that police chase <laughs> down the highway. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's going to be one of the most amazing things ever caught live on TV. I think so. It, it was crazy. Uh, yeah. And anyway, for Sue Ellen, in the bottle deposit part one, she bids up the price uh, of a set of golf clubs once owned by John F. Kennedy, which Elaine's boss, Peterman, Jay Peterman rather, has asked Elaine to buy at an auction, exceeding his limit. That's pretty funny. She doubles his limit. I love that. I love how how uh, determined Elaine is to outbid uh, yes. Sue Ellen. She goes fifteen thousand. You can you can hear her determination through her gritted teeth. Yeah, she's just really keen to buy it. She should do it at yeah. whatever cost. Yeah, and I mean Sue Ellen being a, a millionaire heiress, you know, twenty grand is nothing to her. Yeah. But in the end, Elaine wins <laughs> just just to beat out Sue Ellen. Yeah, you know, just 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 say fuck just, you, Sue Ellen. You always you always have one over me. That's my turn. To the, so, uh, for Jay Peterman's expense, All right? Jay Peterman's really, expense. Really, like at the end of it, I think Sue Ellen still won that. Not not the beard, but she still kind of won out because she, you know, she still sort of, you know, got everything over Elaine, and Elaine spent twice the amount of money. So she, you know, she would have gotten a pretty hard time from uh, from Peterman. I would have said so too. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> she. Uh, <laughs> Yep. Yeah. So, uh, other than uh, the caddy in the bottle deposit part one, she also appears in the abstinence. She makes a very brief appearance where Elaine is uh, basically lying to everyone, yes. uh, saying that her boyfriend, uh, who uh, is a medical school um, attendee, but not an actual. Oh no, sorry, he's graduated medical school, but he hasn't passed the the, the doctor's exam to mm-hmm. be a certified doctor. Hey, yeah, but right. she, she wants she wants to tell everyone that he is a doctor just to sort of impress everyone. And uh, yeah, and Sue Ellen walks into the diner, and she's going out with a I believe a cardiologist uh-huh. or a some like a like a genuine doctor. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, she tells Elaine's boyfriend what to do. Do you need to raise his legs? <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, and then he's like, "Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. The boyfriend's played by Bob o- Odenkirk too. He oh, yeah, Saul. yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and Breaking Bad. Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ra- raise his legs. That's a good idea." Um, <laughs> yeah. So she makes a really brief appearance in that episode, and then her final uh, ever appearance is in the Betrayal, which is the well-known backwards episode from season nine, the infamous um, one, if you will. Yeah. So she, I guess, in terms of storyline, she um, uh, she meets a guy name uh pinder i believe his name pinter is runawat oh. All, uh, but elaine dated him and uh, knew him as peter that's right yeah and she she's engaged to him and they are getting married in india and it's that's revealed right. in the episode that uh, elaine obviously slept with him and uh and sue ellen uh after befriending elaine and asking her to be uh, her maid of honor and her best friend at the wedding because no one else showed up exactly um, uh she yeah she gets violent yeah, she does, yes, because George, he blurts out in the middle of the wedding that Elaine once had no relationship with the groom, yeah. which destroys everything. You slept with the bride? I'm oh, sorry, with the groom? You slept with the groom, and everyone's just like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Yeah, so that's love, it. What's that? I was going to say, I love George's like, uh, little little tiff that he's having with Jerry in that episode. I was like, reparations. <laughs> reparations for sleeping with his, yeah. with his girlfriend. Yeah, because George, George is interested in one of Jerry's friends. That's right. Right. Who they end up sleeping together, uh, and Jerry's friend—I can't remember her name—goes to goes to India. I think it's Tina. George, Is it Tina? Tina. Okay. Oh, I thought it was Tina. Yeah, I can't. I can't recall. Yeah. Yeah, but she goes to India with George, sort of as his date, I guess, to the wedding. Yeah. And then when when George finds out that Jerry like had sex with her a day or two beforehand, <laughs> he thinks he thinks that like a reparation, like proper <laughs> reparations, 
is if she if is if he has sex with Elaine. With Elaine. <laughs> Elaine goes, that's your punishment. And then Jerry goes, that's not punishing me. That's punishing Elaine. That's punishing Elaine. I know. <laughs> so good. So good. So good. I know. And when he comes up, he goes, he goes, Elaine, you have to sleep with me. And she goes, I'm not sleeping with you. And George just goes, reparations. Reparations at the wedding. I know. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. So it's yeah. such George logic. It's like, you had sex with someone I like, so I have to have sex with our friend and your ex-girlfriend. I know, right. So I feel better about it. God. Crazy. He's, crazy. He's a fucked up person, isn't he? I know. I know. That's why we love him. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think the, the most obvious thing about Sue Ellen, uh, you know, we've already mentioned it, is that... You know, her, her the the main thing that her character does is one up uh, Elaine. You know, Elaine's always trying to like step up to her mark, like socially, economically. Yes. You know, in terms of like beauty, like Elaine always seems to be second best to her in every single situation. Yeah, that's right. And you got to remember as well, they're both from the same town in uh, in Maryland or the same city, I believe, Baltimore. I believe Elaine's from. Uh, or in the surrounding area. So they're both, I guess, childhood friends. So uh, to me, I think Sue Ellen, I think this this whole, you know, this whole thing, this whole contest sort of thing, I think it started when they were both kids. You know, Sue Ellen probably got picked for, you know, school captain or got picked for the captain of a team or something and then Elaine never got in or maybe Sue Ellen excelled academically, got A's and everything. Or well, you know, she's very intelligent and then Elaine was always... She's always played second fiddle to Elaine. Yeah. Is that what you think? Uh, you mean Sue Ellen has played second fiddle? Oh, no, sorry. I mean Elaine's... Sorry, Elaine's played second fiddle to uh, to Sue Ellen. Yeah, her whole definitely, life, basically. for sure. Uh, when I was imagining what their life would have been like in high school, I, I imagined that classic... Uh, American film trope of the head cheerleader, you know, the popular girl yeah. who's the most beautiful, who's going out with, you know, the quarterback or whatever. That's it. She's, she's probably the homecoming queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah one of those ones. Popular girl, you know, probably maybe a bit of a bully, um, you know, with like her little crew of girls who are all sort of like sucking up to her. Yeah. And I think Elaine, I think Elaine, you know, she might have been a bit more bookish or a bit more academic, and, but she wanted to be in with the cool cool kids. Oh, the cool kids, and yeah, she, and she was one of them, Sue yeah. Ellen. Yeah. Yeah, and she always tried to impress Sue Ellen, but, you know, she just never, you know. And so I think it's funny, I thought initially before we watch these episodes for this for this uh, Bidwabask episode, yeah. I always thought that Sue Ellen was kind of not dumb but just unaware or lacks self-awareness of who she is and the effect that she had on Elaine. But so after she's I very, episode, very vapid, I, I guess. Well, I, I, that's what I initially thought, but I think, I think she knows exactly what she's doing. Yeah. I think she's highly intelligent and very self-aware. And she knows exactly the power that she has over Elaine yeah. and what, what Elaine tries to do to sort of get on her level. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, I think you know, like you can sort of sense it in, in the caddy when she walks into the room with the bra on and Elaine's a bit sort of, uh, you know, confused and she goes, uh, you know, it's it's a bra, it's not a top. Yeah. And then, you know, it, it all it all sort of becomes obvious when, when Sue Ellen goes, oh, I know. And she sort of gives Elaine this look of like... Yeah, like she doesn't give two almost, shits. Almost like, like a whatever. fuck you. Yeah, a fuck you, know, you and, yeah, pretty um, much. Yeah, like... Rather, rather than be offended by the fact that you're giving me a bra to say that, you know, like you're offended by my free-swinging breasts <laughs> in my jump, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, like, throw it back on you and wear the bra, like, you know, brazenly out in public. Yeah. Just to, like, 
just to take the power back from Elaine. Yeah, I, I think, and I think it was like that from high school. She knew exactly the power that she had over Elaine, and she she does it even into her, her adult life. Yeah, that's yeah. a very good point, actually. Yeah, no, you, 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 I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I think, it, and obviously in the betrayal, she kind of like humbled herself. I, I kind of made up a little story about that episode or that part of her character arc. I think maybe she had a bit of regret, you know, in her life about how she was acting towards Elaine and maybe she was acting that way to other people as well. Yeah. You know, like just being rich and a socialite and sort of being above everyone else. And, you know, maybe she felt bad about that or didn't feel like she was living her best life. So maybe she went to India, you know, to to sort of humble herself. Maybe she went and did some yoga or, you know, lived sort of off the grid just to sort of disconnect from that you know, from her life in New York. And it's there and, that, think, and it's there where he she met Pinter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, because she and I think she had a genuine like evolution of self where she thought, Well, Elaine's actually a really good person and, you know, I want to be her friend. So she genuinely invited to her her to a wedding. Yeah. And, you know, she was genuinely happy when she turned up and I think her, you know, asking her to be a maid of honor, I think all of that was, was genuine. Yeah. Based on her sort of uh, you know her humbling herself in india yeah do you think um, uh, do you think maybe sorry to interrupt you man but do you think i'm uh, just one point i want to make about that do you think maybe her husband pinter may have done something to change sue ellen's personality you know maybe brought yeah, her back down think, to earth yeah i think i think um yeah she would have she would have started that journey herself and you know he would have helped her along the way definitely so she's been redeemed <laughs> yeah, um, but but then she it all sort of goes out the window when she finds out that Elaine fucked Pinter because <laughs> she just goes she just goes straight you know like any inner peace or, or humbleness that she's found she's she gone she goes back into beast straight, mode straight straight to violence beast mode yeah I think I think she reverts straight back to her true self in that moment yes she does yeah she's definitely yeah. not happy yeah so I, I I thought you know she and and I mean and uh, that plays back into her self awareness you know she. She was very conscious of who she was. Maybe she didn't like who she was. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that she would have struggled to have genuine connections with friends. Yeah. Um, you know, being like her, having her social and economical st- economic standing. Yeah. And, you know, maybe she wanted to just sort of, as you said, get, bring herself down to earth to have more human connections. Yep. Um, you know, especially with Elaine, because I think she probably treated her the worse. Yes. Uh, the worst over time. Absolutely. Yeah. Ah, there you go. Yeah, so Sue Ellen, a uh, bit of a, a, I guess she's the heiress. Well, I guess because she has she has money, she clearly comes from a privileged background uh, based on the O'Henry fortune that she's due to inherit. So she's a bit of yeah. a, a bit of an heiress socialite. T- totally, yeah. I think I think she she lives a life of luxury. I don't think she really works. You know, I think she's a bit of a dabbler. You know, yes. because she's the economic freedom to you know to not be tied down to a job or a mortgage or whatever. I think she's probably done a bit of modeling and maybe a bit of singing and Ooh, just or maybe you know, fashion just, design or something. Yeah, you know. Yeah, just whatever takes her fancy. You know, she just sort of hasn't go at it, but she doesn't really commit to anything. I think you know she's that classic kind of heiress socialite, kind of like maybe Paris Hilton. You know, or she's Kim an Kardashian. Kim Kardashian, where you know, like this, they they've had successful business ventures on their own. Yeah, but it's not like they've committed to one craft and mastered it. They've kind of just are a bit of, you know, they just dabble in things and some things go well and some things don't. 
Yeah. Um, like Paris singing. Because, yeah, exactly. Like Paris Hilton singing. You know, like, what's that? Uh, I'm saying she, she released a single or a couple of singles like 15 years yeah. ago and they were just terrible. Yeah. I mean, she had a crack at singing and I think she released a couple of perfumes and she's probably got a clothing line or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Just it kind of, she, like her life kind of, like, I think her life was or is kind of like that where she's in a position where she can just sort of you know, jump from thing to thing, whatever tickles her fancy at any given time. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. I don't know much about the um, the O'Henry candy bar. Do you have anything about that? Yeah. I didn't have a well, look. Well, not much. Like, there wasn't much online. I don't think it's a super popular candy bar. I mean, right. well, at least outside of America. Like, I've never seen it here in Australia. I'm sure you can get um, it in one of those American, you know, those American novelty stores. You know, they had them at Seinfeld Trivia that we went to a couple of months ago. Oh, that's right. The winners, I think the winners or the runners up or something got them. Yeah, it was it was part of some of the prizes. So yeah, you can probably get them somewhere at like American shops or whatever, or, or at specialist candy shops, oh, uh, yeah. lolly shops. But, I'm actually having um, a look at a picture of of O'Henry, and you know, like in Australia, how we've got our picnics. You know how it's like mm. real rough looking. Imagine yeah. it's like a Snickers, right? But it's it's got like peanuts, caramel, and fudge in chocolate. Yeah. It's kind of like a Snickers bar. Okay. Okay. Well, the only the only thing that I had on O'Henry, and this is straight from Wikipedia, yeah. is that it contains peanuts, caramel, and fudge. And They're all coated in chocolate. Yes. It was introduced in 1920 uh, by the Williamson Candy Company, mm-hmm. and they were or are based out of Chicago. Yes. Um, yeah, I think Jack Charles says it says it best: nougat, peanut, you know, <laughs> chocolate. It's one of our top selling candy bars. <laughs> it's delicious. Alice. Outstanding. Outstanding, that's it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I, did, I do remember reading uh, a couple of uh, supposed origins of the name. Apparently, I, I can't remember exactly, but I think someone named Henry used to come into the factory where this candy bar was made. Yes, yes. It was a bit of a maybe he was a bit silly or and all the all the people working on the production line making chocolates yeah. would say like oh Henry oh like, Henry oh that, oh that Henry yeah and I think the name stuck and that became the name of the chocolate maybe yeah. and allegedly but, this allegedly I'm just reading it now this this Henry fellow was allegedly flirting with the girls who made the candy uh, so you know people yeah, would go like oh Henry you know like, oh, yeah what are you doing yeah yeah but I mean that's never really been substantiated but yeah it's it's a fun it's a fun idea. Yeah, it's a very good idea. So it's very interesting because usually Seinfeld, they don't really incorporate real-life uh, brands into the show. So I'm very surprised that they made Sue Ellen the heiress to a real candy bar uh, enterprise. Yeah, the other, it's very com- interesting. The other thing that comes to mind, uh, what, they seem to have a, a penchant for, for, for confectionery when it comes to real-life brands because you've got Junior Mints yes, that's it. in the Junior Mint episode. And you've you've also got Juju Fruits. Yep. Juju Fruits, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure there's probably others as well. So, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, and and, and uh, the Snickers as well. Oh, know, the Snickers, that's right. Yeah, so maybe maybe Jerry or um or, or Larry love candy bars or something because it seems to be seem to be quite a few that are real life brands. Yeah, which they incorporate into the show. So I, I just found it really yeah. interesting that they made Swell and the heiress of a real company. It's very uh, yeah, for very sure. interesting. Yeah. I mean, we've talked a bit about Sue Ellen, but I can't decide whether she's a good person or a bad person, like, you know, just sort of objectively speaking. What do you think? I think, uh, you mean if I had to pick good or bad? Yeah, like, is she mm. is she more good? Like, everyone's got good and bad qualities, but, you know, I think it's safe to say that George is mostly a bad person. Inherently, he's a bad <laughs> person, yeah. Yeah, while Kramer is... A good person. You know, Kooky, I think he's got more good qualities than bad qualities. I think he's a good I can't person. Decide, I can't decide about Sue Ellen. Yeah. You know, she's got some very vindictive, sort of manipulative 
like childish qualities. Yeah. But she's also got a lot of positive qualities as well. A lot of well, qualities as well, yeah. Look, if I had to pick yeah. her, if, I, if, I, if it was just black and white, good or bad, I'd probably put mm. her as, based on the way that she treats Elaine, mm. you know, I'd probably put her as a bad person. You know? Okay. She's kind of up herself and she's always one-upping Elaine. You know, and she probably does that to other people as well. You know, she thinks because she's the heiress to a f- candy bar fortune that she's going to go places, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point, actually. I think I would have to agree now that you've said that. Yeah. So I really like her character. She's a really awesome character, cause yeah. I, mostly because I'm friend is strong as well. Yeah. But, yeah, she's on paper. She's she's probably not the nicest person. <laughs> no. I was thinking as well, what do you think her agenda was or her intention was when she came to Kramer's apartment? Do you think that she just came there to talk to him or offer him a payout or, you know, sort of like use her beauty to convince him not to sue? Like, what do you think her her goal was there? I think that she wanted to pay out Kramer. Um, okay. Yeah, I believe that she was probably willing to go for an out of court settlement, you know, yep. in relation to the uh, the car crash and the uh, the the uh, pending lawsuit after that. Yeah. So I think she was there just to just to offer a settlement. And then Kramer, you know, yep. Kramer was really committed and said, "No, I really want to. I really want to get money. You know, I really want justice to be served. I, I want things to be right." And uh, yeah, I think well, that she, was the plan. She never she never speaks to Kramer. No, she so... doesn't. She knocks on the door, but then uh, then yeah. Jerry sees her, and then Jerry yeah, invites Jerry's... her in. Jerry's uh, struck by her beauty, <laughs> and Jerry's and in love with her freewheeling, her freewheeling, freewheeling attitude. Free spirit. I love the whole freewheeling, free spirit and attitude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Basically, I think what he's trying to say is, I love the fact that she walks around with no bra on, and that her her breasts are swinging around. Yeah. I think that's what he's trying to say. I think that's pretty much it. Yes. <laughs> Just remember, Mister. Remember, Mister. Seinfeld, you are under oath. I'm going to ask you again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, with sorry, just back to the to her intention when she goes to Kramer's apartment. You know, Kramer. He, he sometimes he has big goals, but he he settles on really small things like a lifetime of free coffee instead of a million dollars when yes, he gets burned exactly. by the hot coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think she would have been smart enough or realized that she could have offered Kramer, you know, a thousand bucks and he would have taken the deal? You know, even though she possibly could have lost a million dollars in the lawsuit, yeah. Kramer, she could have offered him anything and Kramer would have accepted because he's a bit dumb like that. Well, I think Kramer, like I just said before, I think that Kramer was after, I think she he wanted proper justice for what happened, you know? And I think Jackie, someone having someone like Jackie who Jackie, which one day we'll do an episode on him, he's after the big money. I think he, mm. and I think Kramer's not one of those kind of guys, you know, especially in that episode, he speaks to a caddy about life lessons or some advice, you know. Mm. If he can speak to a caddy, he can speak to a lawyer about getting tips, you know what I mean? I reckon he, I reckon he would have run it by Jackie and said, Jackie, what do you think? And Jackie would have said, nah, man, go for the million. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And then he would have consulted Stan the caddy, and the caddy would have been like, "Go!" F-. He said, "Go for the green. Go for green in the court." That's it. Yeah, that's it. No, 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 no. Who the hell is Stan the caddy? Yeah, who the hell is Stan the caddy? So if no. he can go to, I reckon. No, no I reckon. Listening to a caddy. Exactly. Now I don't think he would have settled for a thousand bucks. I reckon he would have run it by Jackie, and Jackie would have said, "No, nah, let's do it." Mm. Mm. Okay. But I thought the funny thing is, I, I, I don't want to go too off topic from Sue Ellen, but I've always had a theory that Kramer has money, you know, like, yeah. you know, because my, my theory has always been that Kramer, you know, knows he never has a job, yet he can live in his own apartment in New York, Manhattan. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty mm. insane, right? But I, I've, always had, I've always had a theory that he um, inherited money from his dad. So his mum and dad divorced and his dad had money. Mm. His dad died, like. You know, because he's got his dad's wedding band that he lends to yeah. George in the apartment. And I think with Kramer, he just has, like, an inheritance. 
It's okay. probably millions, but, you know, maybe a few million or something, and he just lives off that. Yeah, I think he's definitely independently wealthy. Yeah, sure. so I think him, like, if, if I were to go by that particular backstory or that theory, I think even if Sue Ellen said he's a thousand bucks, Kramer would have said, nah, man. <laughs> no, I can, I can afford Jackie Childs, who's probably charging through the nose for his services. We're going to go for the big one, the big kahuna. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I have a slightly different take on that, but that's an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting take. Yeah. yeah. I've always See, thought that Kramer has money. No, no. I agree with. I agree with that. You know, he. You know, at least he's got a comfortable amount sitting in the bank, and he just lives off it because he doesn't live a, a high flying lifestyle. Like all of his clothes are vintage secondhand clothes. Yeah. He he eats at Jerry's. Like he doesn't he doesn't live opulently. He's a hipster yeah, doofus. He is. He is. And I reckon he's got a um yeah he's got a tidy bank balance for sure. Yeah. But the reason I thought that he would have just accepted Sue Ellen's offer, even if it was really low mm. and, you know, nowhere near as much as he could have sued her for. Yeah. It's because he does that in the coffee episode where, you know, he starts out, he has this really big goal of getting, I think he wants to sue them for millions as well. Yeah. He, and he could have, but, you know, they realize that he's a bit kind of impulsive. Yes. And they just like, they're just like, well, how about just free coffee for, you know, for life from our coffee shops? And he just straight away, he doesn't even think about it. He goes, yep, deal, done. Yeah. I reckon Sue Ellen would have picked up on that and, you know, and also used her sort of beauty and her, you know, magnetism, I guess, as a, to an advantage yeah. and convince him, you know, even if he wasn't aware that he was being convinced and he would have kind of like had Jerry struck, struck by her beauty and by her kind of energy. I reckon Kramer would have done the same yeah. and just just settled on something without consulting Jackie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't right. know. I just, I guess, I guess because he's done that in the coffee episode, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he did that in, or, uh, mm. in the situation too. Or, or perhaps, yeah. or perhaps if, you, if you look, you know, as in like from the Seinfeld canon, maybe Kramer learnt a lesson from the coffee incident. You know, he okay. probably learnt maybe I shouldn't just accept material goods as settlement. Maybe mm. next time I should just go big. You know, if you look, if yeah, you look at it, can, can you know, as in like the canon, if you, if you go mm. by that, maybe he, you know, he probably thinks, oh no, no, so this Sue Ellen girl will probably offer me nothing. You know, or very yep. little. Now, now I'm gonna, I'm not gonna fall for it this time. Like the coffee, I think he even references the coffee court case. I think in that episode. Yeah, no, yeah. When Elaine suggests that he they sue her, he sues, and he goes, oh, one time he goes, oh, I tried that last time. You know, with this. Yeah, I learned. I learned from that coffee. I learned from, from the, the coffee, coffee incident. Yeah, and then Elaine says, no, nah, just do it. And he's like, all right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point actually. I didn't mm -hmm. think of that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember he referenced the the coffee the coffee court case in that episode. Yeah. Yeah, I just I I, I really wanted to bring that up because like when I was watching the episode that would have been such a like I'm glad it went the way it did where Jerry you know happened to be at his apartment and she never ended up talking to Kramer yeah that's good I imagine I imagine there would have been so many funny scenarios if she actually did get a chance to talk to Kramer like in his apartment yeah like someone like her who probably lives in this you know amazing apartment or house yeah in his like weird apartment I don't know I just it would have been a funny dynamic because they're two different people from completely different worlds. Yeah. You know, and every interaction with Kramer is just kind of weird and kooky anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cool. I just reckon that would have been cool if they could have incorporated that as well. Yeah, that could yeah. work. Yeah. And do you think, again, another question, she's at the JFK option, uh, auction. Do you think she actually cares about JFK or, like, or wants to be there? Or do you think it's just a society event she's at? I think it's that. I think it's the latter. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, she's obviously bidding on the golf clubs just to just to beat Elaine. She doesn't actually yeah. give a shit about the golf clubs. Just to beat Elaine and the fact that she's got money. She's mm. got a bottomless mm. pit of money. She thinks, no, nah, that's one. I'll have a crack. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm. yeah. Actually, one thing I noticed as well on that episode in that scene, and it kind of, I think maybe in, you know, in her arc, it was the start of her thinking about like, who am I? And like, you know, am I really the person that I want to be and all that sort of stuff? Like straight away, well, when Elaine starts bidding for the, for the golf clubs and a few other people do as well, yeah. the camera comes to her a couple of times and you can see her contemplating like, do I want to play this game or do I... Do it, you know, do I want to lower myself to this childish bidding game or do I want to sort of be better than that? Yeah. And not get into the, this dumb competition. And I think maybe that's indicative of her like starting that thought process, you know, which led her to go to India and meet Pinter and, you know, go through that that whole journey as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So yeah, yeah. overall I think Sue Ellen is typically a bad person. Um yeah. but yeah. What do you think? Um yeah, I think after after talking about it a bit more with you and what you brought up as well, yeah. I, it doesn't make me like her any less as a no. character. No. She's just funny and she's, you know, just the fact that someone just, you know, Elaine Elaine is not as bad a person as like George or even Jared. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, she does some pretty messed up things. So the fact that she's knocked down a few pegs <laughs> by someone, I, you know, is sort of refreshing in a way. Yeah, for sure. So I like I like that dynamic between the two. Absolutely. Yeah, and I was going to ask as well. Do you think you know even after uh, you know even after Sue Ellen is sort of you know out of there, I reckon she would have never talked to Elaine again after the after the wedding. Oh after no, the after the betrayal, nah, definitely not. Do you, think, do you think Jerry was always in love with her? Like even after that? Nah, I think he had all other a lot of girlfriends since, and I think he probably forgot about her because I think when they the Caddy season seven and the betrayal season nine. So you, know, yeah. you probably would have forgotten, and you know Jerry with his low attention span and his That's childlike true. brain, you know he probably That's just true. forgot about it. He's like, oh, whatever. One You're week he's out for money. You're just out for sex. Exactly. Exactly. He's yeah. just out for sex. Out for sex. Yeah. So he would have been like Sue Ellen, who? What? <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're like who? And do you think another question again? I've got all these uh, questions for you. Do you oh, think, you do. Yeah, I mean, after after the after the caddy in all the scenes, she's wearing a bra. Do you think that she would have like realized maybe I should wear a bra in public? Maybe. I don't know, do like, you think? Do you think that she took a liking to bras? Or maybe the court case, she felt humiliated. You know, having to you know wear you know okay. show that the bra would fit even though it didn't that particular one, and uh, she probably just felt embarrassed and thought, nah, I think I'll just wear bras on the on the inside. <laughs> on the outside oh, whatever whatever <laughs> as a top true. yeah that's it <laughs> yeah yeah no that's true that's yeah. true that's true yeah that's the way yeah. i see it yeah do you have anything else uh about her no that's about it for me what about yourself yeah, same, same actually no that that's that's everything cool so we'll come go to a quick break and yeah. uh we'll find out does sue ellen mishke is he can she gonna be in our our top 10 Stephen or mine We'll find out. We will. Hello, folks. Matt McCoy here, a.k.a. Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld. And I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character. I'm Mishki to see you. Sue Ellen Mishki. Uh, all right. Send her in. Hi, Elaine. <laughs> Hello. I happen to be in the neighborhood, so I thought I'd stop in and thank you for your lovely gift. Oh. Welcome. Is anything wrong? Well, Sue Ellen, it's uh, not a top. It's a bra. Oh, I know. Thanks again. And you're on, but I don't want to be a secondary character of Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of our much beloved TV show Seinfeld. In today's episode, we're focusing on uh, Sue Ellen Mischke, the Lex Luthor of uh, Elaine Bennis. Yes, played by Brenda Strong, American actress. 
Yeah, and uh, we basically agree that uh, Brenda Strong is a wonderful human being. Yes. And uh, Stolen Mishki, although funny, is maybe not so uh, a wonderful human being. No, exactly. Yeah, no, she's a pretty uh, pretty bad person, I guess you'd say. Yeah, she is. She's she's a bit um yeah a bit morally morally uh, questionable. Yes, questionable. So, yes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we we talked a lot about her, and that's what we've come up with. So. Usually we wrap up with uh, two top ten lists. This week we're only going to do one because we're not doing an episode of Seinfeld. Uh, we're doing uh, What's the Deal with episode, which is uh, something new every fifth episode where we focus on a character. That's it. As a yeah. episode. Yep. And we thought we'd finish up with just our top ten secondary character lists and uh, find out whether Sue Ellen Mishki falls in the list for either of us. Yes. Yeah, does, so does, does she for you, Ivan? No, she doesn't, unfortunately. She is a, a good character in those four episodes, but uh, no, she just misses out for mine. How about yourself? Okay. Yeah, she uh, actually does. So she, I decided initially I was going to put her at number five, oh, but I wow. thought about it, and uh, she falls in at number six. Six. Okay. Yeah. So my top ten uh, from ten to one. It's changed a bit now. Sid yeah. Fields, number ten from our second ever episode, The Old Man. That's uh, it. Both of George's parents. Yeah. Second, what's the deal with episode? Harold and Manny from our eighth episode, The Apartment. Uh, our third, what's the deal with character? Uh, Susan. Uh, Susan Ross, George's uh, fiance. George's late fiance. Yeah. Uh, number six, Sue Ellen uh, Number five, Celia, uh, which was Jerry's episode girlfriend from the Merv Griffin show. Uh, the record store owner, again, from our second ever episode. Uh, Jane, uh, George's girlfriend from uh, the Hamptons. Yes. Uh, which was our first ever episode of season two. Ironically, um, doesn't like wearing a top. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, number two are the street tops, Bob and Cedric, from uh, our first ever episode, The Soup Nazi. Um, and number one, uh, Forever most likely, is Alton Bennis from, uh, uh, yeah, Elaine's dad. Yeah. uh, Our 10th ever episode and our second ever What's the Deal With. Exactly. And my top 10, uh, number 10, Helena from The Trip, parts one and two. Number nine, Sid Fields from The Old Man. Number eight, Bob and Ray, a.k.a. Cedric. Number seven is Lloyd Braun. Number six, Mary Cantardi from The Baby Shower. Number five is Bookman from The Library. Number four is everyone's favourite fat side character, Newman. (laughs) Number three, Susan. Number two, the Soup Nazi. Number one, my man, Jerry Stiller, Frank Costanza. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. And uh, another thing that we do every week normally is uh, I talk about Seinfeldisms, which are basically little moments in my day-to-day life, my personal life, that are kind of related to Seinfeld in any way. Yes. And for the second week in a row, nothing has happened. Nothing at all. So your life is Seinfeld, but you have nothing to, to show. It is. I think I spend too much time inside watching Seinfeld. I'm not out in the real world trying to get get Seinfeld, like meta Seinfeld. Exactly. Um, actually, one thing does come to mind. I guess it like loosely qualifies as a Seinfeldism. I overheard some people talking about it. I can't even remember where. Maybe at work a week or two ago, people yeah. were quoting it. Yeah. And I I was within earshot and I heard it and I and I corrected the quote in my head because they said I can't even remember what it was, but they said it wrong. So. And you were you like, that, and you were like. I do a Seinfeld podcast. I know what I'm saying, and I know that no, quote. I mean, yeah, I mean, if if they were strangers, I would have been tempted. But um, <laughs> these are, to walk up and be a total douchebag. But, oh, um, right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I resisted the urge to correct them. Good work. <laughs> it reminds me, you know, in um, uh, the the Itchy, Scratchy, and Poochie episode of The Simpsons, yes, where Homer and uh, the voice of Itchy and Scratchy, the the woman who does the voices, uh, like doing like a Q and A Q&A with a bunch of super nerdy fans. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy, the guy puts his hand up and he goes, um, you know, in episode 
two of season four, you know, Itchy is playing scratchy skeleton like a xylophone, and uh, there's a scene where he where he hits the same bone twice, but two distinct notes are produced. You know, are you trying to tell me that this is some sort of magic xylophone? Like, <laughs> just those super nerdy people who know yeah. everything, every minute detail. I would have yeah. felt like that. And then Homer's you know? like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah that's, when, that's when the guy goes, uh, Mr. Simpson, yeah, is there a way to get out of the dungeon without using the skeleton key? Oh, that's right. What the hell is he the talking, hell are you talking about? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. That's good. That's, that's how I would have felt. Just like, just to know it all. Yeah. You walk up. Well, actually, the quote says this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That would have been so, you. That's, that's what, you, that's what you're going to do from now on. What's that? That's what you're going to do from now on. For sure. Yeah, I'm just going to keep an ear out for people like slightly misquoting anything that I know. The Simpsons entire and walk up to them and correct them like a smug jerk. Nice. Do it. <laughs> do it. So that wraps up. Uh, more or less wraps up another week, but I don't want to be a secondary character. So thanks again for listening. Yes, and, and uh, next week uh, we're back to regular programming. Uh, we're actually doing a fan request next week. That's right, uh, Jeffrey, uh, our lovely fan from the US. Hello, Jeffrey. Suggestion fourth uh, for the Puerto Rican Day, a yes. second ever, the second last ever episode. Yes, not including the clip show. That's right. Which, yeah, which the precedes the finale. Ever, yeah, the second last ever canon episode. That's um, right. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to do that next week. A reappearance of Bob and Cedric. That's two of right. my favorites. Yeah, so thanks for thanks for the suggestion, uh, Jeffrey. Yeah. And, uh, we look forward to watching it and talking about it. It should be great. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can go on social media at Bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. And, uh, Stephen, we have an email address. We do, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and you can jump on our website as well. You can stream all of our uh, our episodes at bidwabask.com. And uh, we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. We're, we're probably there. Uh, so just type in Seinfeld or Bidwabask, our acronym, um, and we should come up. And uh, if you use iTunes, like most people, for podcasting, uh, leave us a review. That'd be awesome. That would be fantastic. Yeah. And I uh, just wanted to make mention as well, we have a, an appeal going on. It seems to be winding up, I think, uh, but it's, it's called Seven Degrees of Separation. So a little while ago, we did the seven uh, the episode where George is insisting uh, that the uh, that Susan's friends name their their child Seven. Yes. Um, and we decided to put the call out for anyone who goes by the name of Seven or anyone who knows anyone by the name of Seven um, to get in touch with us. If you are named Seven or if you know anyone, uh, let us know. That'd be awesome. We've gotten a few people uh, get in touch with us so far, which is honestly surprising. But yeah, really I didn't think cool. so either. I didn't think we'd have anyone, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, because I think when we did that episode, you said that there are currently 1,400 or 1,800 people named Seven. In the United States, yeah. In the United States and out of 300 and something million people and the small group that listen to our podcast, (laughs) what are the chances of even getting one? I know, we've got three. Three. Yeah. Awesome. Crazy. Yeah, so if uh, if you want to be included in that group, uh, get in touch, that would be awesome. Yeah, all right. Well, that'd be that'd be good. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so thanks again for listening. And uh, we enjoyed talking at you. And uh, we hope you enjoyed listening. And we'll catch you all next week for the Puerto Rican Day. That sounds good. We'll see you next week. Catch you.